experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm JJ Chinowski. And we're very glad and thankful to have the Blanchard family with us here once again. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. We are the Brandon and Meg Blanchard family here with our daughter, Bailey. Yes. Hello, I'm Bailey. (laughs) Good evening. I'm Brandon. So the reason why I said once again is because this is our second round with the Blanchards. The first round, uh, I chose to fail myself (laughs) and I did not plug the soundboard into the computer. So the two and a half amazing, uh, just powerful message that we had to share with everyone. Well, we didn't, we don't have it. So this is round two of the Blanchards. And then again, we're honored and, and thankful to have you guys here. You guys have an amazing, beautiful family. Uh, we don't have Court with us here tonight, but we'll send him some love. I'm sure he's having fun and didn't want to come. But Definitely. you guys have an amazing, beautiful family and, and you're young family. Mm-hmm. And yet you've, you've you know, done a lot, seen a lot, experienced a lot, grown a lot. <laughs> and we're here to hear a little bit about your story. So where do you want to start? Who's going to start? Me. Dad's pointing at me long time ago. And land far away, right? Because I think that's how I started it last time, too. Um, we've been married for 20 years, just over 20 years, um, in March. Um, 19, I was 19. Brandon was 25. Robbing the cradle. So she just told you how old she is? 40. <laughs> I just turned 40. Yes. Um, Four zero. Yes. Yep. And hotter than ever. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Wink, wink. Everybody's winking. You just can't see it. Geez, where where do you start? Blind date? At Chili's. Chili's. Logan, Utah. Each of us had just gotten off of a relationship, a long-term relationship, and friends had tried to set us up for months on end, and finally it ended working, let's see, September or so. And the rest is history. One and only blind date for me. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to hit 1,000, do so with your future partner. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you guys date and you just got married and the rest is, is it. Yeah. So what was next? End of podcast. <laughs> um, you wish. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's been a good life. It's been nice and crazy. Ups and downs and all sorts of good and bad. But um, Brandon owned his own company for a long time. And how was that? Um. Honestly, as a, a daughter of a construction worker, um, I knew a lot about it and hard work and putting yourself on the back burner to make things work. And maybe that's what helped <laughs> me understand him in the beginning. Uh, but yeah, he's, he definitely has a good work ethic and has for a long time. Velocity Builders was the name, concrete and excavation. Um, I was the trophy wife, still am. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's always the life of the party, though. Most of the time, people meet Meg first, and then they meet me, and they go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see you two together. Yeah, I'm everybody's favorite. <laughs> what happened that first year of marriage? Oh, baby. <laughs> Four months. We were married, and I got pregnant. 
So with me, with Bailey. Yay! I was twenty when I had her, uh, just right before nine eleven. So that was a big shocker, kind of slapping you in the face, bringing you back down, humble, humble town, back down to earth, and getting your life, our life in order. To well, I did. Brandon was already had his life in order <laughs> with, with the company. I uh, you recognize what you what you need to do. Pitch, put your big girl panties on and be a mom to and a wife. So, Brandon, how was life that time? I mean, you've got a, a new daughter, Bailey, and uh, that was a few days ago. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, Meg and I were talking about uh, ownership last night on the couch, and life was busy. Uh, I was already set in my ways, Was had a lot going on. I think the business is important to bring up because it really was the driving force. That's what consumed me from four in the morning till four in the morning a lot of days um it's a seven day a week thing and as a young couple um it was challenging i think uh, also in that time frame late 90s early 2000 uh, there's a lot of emphasis on the recession but life wasn't all that good then either so there was years when you're a small business that life's really good and there's some years where you just flat struggle and you end up putting your employees first so a lot of what I remember of our early years was um, grateful that we lived the home that we lived in when we got married. We sh- sold real quick. I think Bailey was just an infant, and we moved, but we moved close to Meg's parents, and that's what we were discussing last night. Is I don't know that we would have got through those early years. I don't think we'd be sitting here tonight as a family uh, if we hadn't lived within a walking distance of Meg's family. It's honestly. First four years of Bailey's life, if I was present physically, I know I wasn't there mentally. The business and the 50 employees, they consume every waking moment of your life at that time. That's probably the value in bringing that up. It was, you want to put family first, but the reality of it is, is you've got debts to pay and bills that are due and um, family comes second. So was that the house you built? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I had built the home that I was living in when Meg and I met. We sold that home, and then we'd bought this lot in Hyde Park, and it was going to be amazing. We were going <laughs> to retire there is what the thought was. So yeah. uh, at that time, I'd been through the process a few times, the build and sell every two-year program. And yeah, anyways, there was a layover there. We didn't get the home done in time, so we rented a home. We ended up getting evicted from there because we didn't have the new home built. We lived in her mom and dad's basement for probably six more months while we were working on the house. That's a wonderful topic because um, no one out there can relate to living in their parents' basement. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Grateful for it, though. Uh, They helped us through that stage. But yeah, we built a really nice home. Um, Love that home. Hyde Park overlooks the valley. Uh, you can see it from one end to the other. Yeah, ideal. It was Million where we honestly view. thought we were going to stay. And then plans changed. Yeah, the curveballs. What's the curveball? <laughs> yeah, where do we start there? Well, was approached by a couple of different people to purchase the company. And then thought, well, is this a sign? Is this something we need to look into? Obviously, it was structured well and maintained and things were were running smoothly and people could see that and they wanted to benefit from that and so we uh decided to 
look into it, and there was a purchase of Velocity Builders. She left out an important part of that decision, though. I think it's an important part of our growth, too, is um, in that consumption of where I was mentally, I, I think it's, I have to be honest with myself and say I was an alcoholic at that time, too. So um, a lot of nights you you do what you need to do to park things and not think about them. And I, at that stage in my life, I, I didn't really enjoy the social aspect of it or even the taste of it. It was just on a mission to be able to park what's, what's going on and relax a little bit. And it was prohibiting me from fulfilling my other responsibilities in life. Important part in that story too, where we'd already sold the business and to this day, I'll remember what the, the deciding factor there really was is Meg looked at me and just says, you're young, you've got the opportunity to do something. And I don't know that I had a gambling problem, but I love to gamble too. So part of being a small business owner, you place bets every day. Part of my current role in life, I place bets every single day. It's just part of the natural process. But uh, I remember her vividly saying, hey, we got an opportunity to go to the cashier's hut and cash in our chips. You're young, you don't owe anybody anything. And, you know, maybe you should really consider this. And so uh, we sold the business. I was in a position for the first time in my life, growing up in self-employed families, uh, being young, making decisions. I was working for the, the company that bought me out. And we had a trip to uh, a cruise that we went on with some of our real dear family friends. And uh, we were probably 60 days, 90 days into the buyout of the business. And it was a good getaway. Part of being on the cruise, though, is, boy, you like to celebrate. And we were on a long cruise coming back from Panama, plenty of time at sea, and <clears throat> ended up taking it a little too far one night with some of my friends or that day. And one hour open bar, uh, 17 shots. I do remember that. Wow. Um, I don't remember much until the next day when Meg was frantically looking to wake me up and get me off the ship. But what I missed that night was it was Bailey's four-year-old birthday party and it was formal night. You're going to get all dressed up and we were going to make a big deal of it. Tuxedos and dresses and make the night about Bailey and I didn't make it. I'd put myself first that day. And so we got off the ship and Meg's brother was dental school orthodontics. They were in Fort Lauderdale and I remember uh, we went over there and we were staying the night and I flew home <clears throat> to our home and I had a choice that Meg had given me and I needed to decide if I wanted to be a husband or a father or if I wanted to continue down the path I was going and I can look back now and say I'm grateful for that. I, I made the decision, the right decision. I decided, hey, we need to make some changes and, and so with that... Um, it got really weird. I remember getting home that night and I uh, wasn't certain what to do and resorted back to some of those demons she asked me to step away from and I think I missed a part there. So on my way home, I'm going to do the right thing. I stopped by the the office of my new employer to let him know I'm home early and he handed me a severance check and said, I no longer need your services. So I remember driving home that night and I felt vulnerable up until then, I I decided what, when, why, or how, and I really felt like that had been taken from me. I also had those reservations and those thoughts in my head with my last conversation with Meg. So 
that was a rough night. Uh, ended up throwing everything away, alcohol-related in the home that night, and decided that uh, I needed to change. I also, looking back now, I didn't know this at the time, but I needed help. I uh, wasn't certain what to do. So I ended up reaching out to a friend of mine and just said, hey, I need some help. This is a situation I'm in. And he gave me an opportunity, no strings attached, just to go sit on an excavator and help him out on a job. And it's probably where the story starts to take off from there. Uh, we were living in Cache Valley still, and I was commuting and working on a project in Pleasant Grove. So rather than making the commute all the time, there were certain nights I'd have to get home, but my parents were in South Jordan at the time, and so I was spending most of the week down there. And you come home on the weekends, and that's hard to work on your relationship too when you're gone all the time. So we realized something needed to change. I didn't, Meg did, more so than I did. She had the clarity. This is a consistent <laughs> thing that's happening in your life, Brandon. Yep. There's spitting vinegar full of it. Might be that too. So we had this dream home. Um, like, honestly, this is, it's a nice home. We put a lot of effort into it. And I had been gone all week. And I pull in Friday afternoon, and there's a for sale sign in the front yard. And Meg could probably tell the story better from there than I can. So somebody showed up, Meg, and they put a for sale sign in front of your house, and you had no idea. Yeah, I was like, how did this happen? No, I... I don't know. Took matters into my own hands, and um, and I know I was. I don't know if I was young at the time, just naive or whatever it was. I felt like I had to take charge, be assertive, and just be the adult in the situation and make a decision because um, it wasn't working. I mean, we were making it work, I guess, doing our best to make it work, um, but it wasn't happy. It wasn't what it could be, and I want to say I thought. Why do I want to wake up and be like this every day? Why do I want to wake up and feel empty or alone or whatever it was? I don't know. Something to that extent. And so I bought a for sale sign. And what did you say to Brandon at that time? We're moving. We, we had briefly talked about it. It wasn't ever anything set in stone or that we had agreed, but just it was time um, to not repetitively be in the rut every every day and um i needed to be out he needed to be out so i made that decision for him and i felt it was a good decision it was good my dad was sad <laughs> and bailey's how old at this time uh four yeah four, four. yeah because i had my fifth princess birthday party at the new house that's right princess party princess. it's probably the only time he had a princess party I think that's the only time I had a birthday party. <laughs> in in the Blanchard's defense, <laughs> Bailey plays competitive sports, so the family's always on the road. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on birthdays around birthday for times. everyone's birthday. Yeah, right? yeah, literally for everyone's birthday. Yes, we spend yeah. more birthdays in the truck traveling than we do celebrating. Happy birthday! <clears throat> yeah. So she uh, puts the sign up six weeks from the day the sign went up. We sold the home, closed on the home, found a new home, and moved. From the day the sign was up to the day we were settled. Well, it might have been a little bit longer than that, but the sign went up over Memorial Weekend, and we moved into our new home over the 4th of July. So it was it was fast. Yeah. There wasn't really much time to Lollygag. think through it. <laughs> it Where was, did you move to? 
Pleasant View. So halfway was it felt right. Halfway to Salt Lake, halfway to back home to Cache Valley. And we still reside in the same home. Uh, that was part of our conversation just last night is uh, really what do you call home now? And for me, this is the longest I've been in the same spot other than my childhood. So like for me, Pleasant View's home now. Pleasant View, North Ogden area, we that's home. That's where we've raised our kids. It's where we have roots now. We really enjoy the community. Yeah, it's a good place. Happy people, good people. How was the family now that you moved? What was the culture? I had some advice when we moved. Um, it was hard because I had grown up around family, grandparents down the street, aunts and uncles, cousins, everybody, everywhere. And like Brennan had said, we were at mom and dad's every day. Uh, if it's not babysitting or just needing a break or somebody's out in the swing and Papa is sitting there looking at the koi fish in the pond or whatever, we were always together. And um, the one of my parents' neighbors had said to me, you have six months. You have six months to cry. And then after that, it's done. Wipe it off your apron and no more. <laughs> you can be sad, but you can't cry anymore. And you can't be. And that was good advice for me. I, it was good for me to get, to not get away, but be, be my own person. Rely on myself. Trust myself. Instead of having, oh, mom can take her, or baby, you know, babysitters every second or whatever. Like I, I really had to be my own person. So about this time, Brandon, you, you really started to step up your game and, and, uh, you decided to move out of concrete and excavation in the construction world, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I've uh, been in construction my whole life, but uh, definitely graduated, got out of that smaller stuff and started to get opportunity to do different things. The interesting thing is we moved in 2006 and just sold the business then. And most of our closest friends thought I was crazy, thought we were crazy. Uh, things were pretty good starting to get them figured out and you know the economy's going crazy similar to what it is now blah 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 but uh things quickly turned we were forced to grow up again the the housing recession the great recession uh, whatever you like to call it i we've been blessed i was able to continue to work but there's a pretty significant period of time in there where you're just grateful to have a job to go to every day uh, there's no salary increases. There's no incentives. Uh, you're grateful for the work. I'd say there's a good five-year time frame, six, seven-year time frame there where, again, it seemed like my profession was keeping me from being a husband and father. And really, it's some of that was choice on my part. I think some of that was also choice with Meg and I. I look back, I'm grateful for that struggle because we were able to figure it out and Meg was able to stay home and she really enjoyed being there for the kids and she was able to raise our kids, be there every day. Yeah. Cause during this period of time, that's when, when, you know, court joined the family. <laughs> right. He just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> On a random Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he... he still shows up today. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yes, he does. Uh, out of the cracks and crevices. I don't know. There's court. Oh, there's court. Oh, there's court. <laughs> no. Um, we, uh, I don't know, long story short, um, had two miscarriages in between the two of them. Uh, they are five years apart. So it had been a long time coming. Um, <laughs> you fret and you're nervous and scared and all those, all those emotions. Um, so it's like you try 
you're you're I I'm trying too hard to have a baby. I'm I'm doing uh, you know I don't know. Anyway, step step back and relax. Never happened. But the most stressful time in our life is when we got pregnant <laughs> with Court. So. So yeah, that energy has certainly stayed with him. He's all over the place. He's a, he's a good fourteen year old. He's certainly fourteen. No, he's a good kid. It's true. He's, he's a crazy. Fireball. Yeah, he's if he's not talking, he's singing. If he's not singing, he's making fart noises. If he's not <laughs> or or snowmobile noises or snowmobile at the top of his lungs, dirt bike something, turbo diesels, something nice. exhaust brakes. Sheesh. Oh yeah, the Dirt semi truck. Sounds. Yeah, she's the least kid. And you know he especially likes to do it at like eleven thirty at night <laughs> when we're all asleep in the bathroom, so it like rings through the whole house. It's good. Roll, I roll. <laughs> no, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. So you did move around a lot though at that point. I mean, Meg, you're home. Yeah. And um, you're doing what you're uh, passionate about. Mm-hmm. It was my your- calling, right? I I felt that. Um, making the decision to, what do you say, step away from my dreams and goals to raise family um, was important, more important than, I don't know, whatever I had in my head. I never seemed to have a goal or a, I'd be like, oh, maybe, or this or that. I don't know. She sold the house pretty quick. (laughs) That's the way I did it. Real life, school of hard knocks. Yeah, maybe that's your alter ego as a realtor. No, 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 no. I I run away from that. No, I'm just assertive and aggressive. No. Um, so, mom, Brandon doing his thing. I'm doing my thing, making it work, making the dream work. How early did you start um, playing ball, Bailey? Well, when I was five. five. I start? Rec, well, yeah, rec but ball at five. Competitively, I started when I was 10, mm-hmm. and I started with an older age group. They were all 12, and I was this little runt 10-year-old, so... Yeah, so she's a little bit behind. Not as strong, not as tall, not as powerful, but um, growing pains, right? He let us go. Not a right fit. And then we found another team in Salt Lake and made it work, and it was good. It was a good experience for her and found her passion. She's tried dance, and what else did we do? Soccer. Sounds like she doesn't try anything. She does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, All that stuff, she did it, and then she was like, no, softball. Softball's it. So mom became taking you around every weekend or during the day. Dad's working all the time. Are you still, Brandon, are you still working 100 hours a week at the company that the guy that hired you to run? Where are you at now at this point in your life? Working for a friend in Salt Lake. Uh, Let's see. So when Cora was born uh, out of town, in fact, I think. Court was born and he was maybe a month old and I was out of town after that for like the next six months. Mm. Luckily they were young. I had a place to stay. So they come stay with us with me sometimes, but yeah, gone that first six months. Um, I think, uh, 2011, I transitioned. I went to work for, uh, Wadsworth, one of the Wadsworth companies and yeah, still same thing. They, I was grateful for the time, but we were doing a big, freeway project and it was a seven day a week type arrangement all the time through the busy months so eight nine months out of the year i was gone so you missed a lot of her games time with your bride you know tough times for both of you Mm -hmm. yeah i think up until i was what 14 ish is when 
as long as I could remember, my dad wasn't at my games consistently until about 14 years old. So he missed quite a bit of ball. But he taught you work ethic. Oh, completely. He showed up every day and made sure you had food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened at 14, Brandon? It's actually a little younger than that. I'm doing the math. 11, 6th, 7th grade. I had to do the math in my head (laughs) because... We don't have fast anything around here. We don't. It's full ass or nothing. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> I think her math's off. I mean, I think she's, you know, forgetting maybe it was a couple of years before that when dad started showing up more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been with Whitaker now for almost eight years. So I know that in that time, other than health reasons, I have not missed a game. So prior to that, uh, I know that last year I was at Wadsworth. I made it to two games in the entire year. Wow. And during a whole year, we have like 65 games yeah, per season. That's like spring ball. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm thinking, Times sorry, two. I'm thinking in my college brain now. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have close to like 110 games in a whole entire year. So the culture at Whitaker was totally different than the companies prior to this. Who lets their kids play 110 ball games a year? It's <laughs> a good way to get them injured. That's a whole nother podcast, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's the work ethic and the life lessons and all the other stuff that comes into play as well. A lot of it's driven by society, though, anymore. You can't allow your kids to be multi-sport kids that kind of transition and do different things. Now we're hyper-focused on excelling at one thing, and that's we start them at a young age now doing that. I I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing, but it is what it is. Yeah, leading into that, I think uh, there's an important part there that Again, I knew I needed to make a change. Um, the Whitaker family, they're a huge part of building Utah youth, huge part of rapport, uh, also a huge part of our family. So it's really an important part. I think that's where our life starts to take off, really, is the last 10 years. But um, I think in that transition, too, there are still some transitions going on at home. So some things we were working through. I think at that time I was six or seven years of, of sobriety, which... I'm grateful for it taught me to be able to work through what I needed to and not have to seek an escape Meg and I definitely our relationship continued to grow but not without a lot of struggles either I'd gone through LB1 in 2007 I let Meg share and Bailey share their story later but uh, early for me I started to transition and change into some different things um I think you fast forward that to where we're at in the story. There came a time where working on a project that we're short staffed when we had paving going on at night, it was a seven day a week, 24 hour a day schedule. So being short staffed, I'd go work 12 hours or 12 days on. And then we take two days off was what we were doing with our staff and um, gone. I'd wake up in the morning, kids are asleep, come home at night, they're asleep. Meg's asleep. That went on for a long time. And, I get the days where I'm home and you really don't have energy for much. But uh, what's important here is I listen to our son. So Court loved for me to read to him at the time. And there's a story, love, good night, good night, construction site. If you haven't read it, get it. It's great for your kids, grandkids. Uh, I've read it so much I have it memorized now. However, we're reading that night and he 
specifically asked me why, where I was working, why I had to work on the day before church day. So he's young. He's three, maybe. And do the best he can to explain to him and schedules and less traffic and it's safer and et cetera, et cetera. And story goes on. And again, he says, so well, then why, how come you have to work on church day? And he explained the same thing to him. And I thought he had it figured out. And few weeks go by I'm again home for my weekend and we're driving around and just out of the blue he says hey I don't I don't want you to go to work for for Wadsworth anymore and I really hit home what I got from that is he says dad I just want you to be home I want you to be my friend and uh, so I knew I needed to change again it was time to focus on what was more important and so life changes a little bit we got an opportunity to change that's probably where the story starts to get most important is from there so um i'd done a lot of work with the whitaker family earlier in my life and i went and sat with mike and we had a long conversation about some things and was granted an opportunity and that opportunity really is uh, allowed us to uh, transition into the family we are now and that really starts with a lot of responsibility and there's been a lot of career in this but I think the message to the listeners is is that uh, you have to provide you can't get through life without earning you can't provide uh, your family and your loved ones uh, opportunities without putting in that work and I know that if you if you keep at it and you always give uh, more than what you ask for, uh, over time it circles back. And that has to do with your profession. That has to do with your loved ones, your schooling, uh, your athletics. I think regardless of what you're into, if you give more than what you get, uh, I just heard it today. For every dollar you give, you get six back eventually. And, and so Whitaker family gave us an opportunity, and that opportunity enables us to really start to transition into who we are now so anybody listening right now stop back that up and listen to that again when you give more you get more it is a ripple effect i, I love that brandon I've, I've read a lot of books in the last six months and you're dead on karma is a damn good thing <laughs> it and, is it's a amen. painful process though right yeah and i think uh enable Bailey to share hers but one of the conversations we would have frequently is she was pursuing her goals is you have to and we talk about this all the time you just we get so focused on the destination in life get so focused on next 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 that uh, I know in our home we we don't slow down to recognize that the process is, is that's where that's where we spend all of our time However, we're so focused on next that I don't stop and go, wow, like there's great things going on. Wow, I'm surrounded by great people. Wow, we really are truly blessed. We have a lot of things going right for us. And so when you rewind that and you look at the impact that 2008 to 2012 had on our entire nation, boy, we struggled, but we were fortunate we got through it. Amen. Uh, and you look at the pandemic right now, our family, we're blessed. We, we've gotten through it. 
And I, yeah, there's millions of people that can't say the same thing. So, yeah, roll up your sleeves. Enjoy the process. You got to put in the work. You have to go through the process to get to the destination, though. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so you're working for Whitaker. You mentioned you went through LB1 when? 2007. So was that right after you started with Whitaker? I was with Innovative Excavation at the time. And okay. They were sending a bunch of us through the process at that time. And when did the rest of the family go through LB1? Uh, like 2018 or 17, I think. That's a good story. I think you ought to tell that story. <laughs> and how that all shaped up, Brandon. <laughs> Which part of it? <laughs> Getting Meg to show up for class. <laughs> Seven years ago. Uh, Power Communications was Meg's first experience with rapport. Well, let's back up a little bit. 2007, I was there in Aramo at a graduation and had... Pronounced Alamo. I meant... (laughs) (laughs) Aramo, Alamo. If you blink, you miss it. (laughs) Alamo. I do love it there. It is the one green spot in the desert right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the whole sign, the, the... or as you drive down the lane. Yes, it's an amazing place. Um, and had no idea what I was, had gotten myself into. Um, I, I was grateful for it and that experience and the energy. And it, I, I, I felt good about it, um, but it certainly was different. And I didn't know, had no idea. And I just walked, I went away from it knowing that Brandon was, was, saw things differently his life differently and i was okay with that definitely um but yeah then fast forward you remember the first time he looked you in the eyes after class oh yeah full of tears big alligator tears <sighs> instantly what comes to me is <sighs> puppy dog eyes and sat like a guilt that he felt sorry that he was he was recognizing um, what he could do better. Uh, we can't change what we did, but as that's what I saw, what I recognized when, when I hugged him when he was after he'd been yelling for an hour or so and clapping. I was like, maybe that's why he was crying. But no, I did see it and I saw it in him. So there's a process with everything, all right. So. <laughs> I'm laughing because what I remember that is uh, plainly flight after flight after flight getting delayed out of Vegas on a Sunday night because everyone's wanting to get home. And I was on the plane with Gary and Penny Cap. Mm. And multiple times Penny said, hey, we'll take you home, right? Like, we live out here. You're in Pleasant View. We'll take you home. Nah, I got it. I'm good. I got it. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Two hours of walking around in long-term parking in mid-February, hitting the panic button on your key fob, <laughs> listening for your horn to honk. I realized, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I needed some help. I should have took the ride home. but She knew. She knew. Thank you, Penny. You <laughs> changed my life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience. And then, yeah, fast forward to seven years ago, eight years ago, to PC and... Uh, Whitaker requested that we go together. Um, and of course, I didn't 
recognize what it was all about until we were there. And I am so grateful that we had the opportunity to be there together. I don't think I would have gotten out what I did if I hadn't uh, from it. I, what did you get out of it? For me personally, um, Meg is all over the place. And I have these ideas and I have these structures and these rules and these guidelines and all these things. And I was, yeah, kind of all over the place. But when I had gone to PC, it helped me, I, or I recognized in PC how to channel it all, how to, how, how it all made, made sense and how it goes together like a puzzle piece. Uh, and for instance, the, our modalities and who I am and I'm, I can, I can be okay with who I am in my DNA and, and, um, recognizing who Brandon is and where his DNA is and that it's who he is, not what he is or my idea of what he should be. <laughs> um, the, the PC that, that was what I took from it, that it, it helped me be okay with who we are internally. And that changed a lot for me, our relationship. Cause you realize dad's K style and you are not. They do say opposites attract. <laughs> so what makes saying is, is um, Brandon's a little touchy mm. feely mm -mm. Mm -hmm. and makes not mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> not, I'm not, I love you a lot, but. So we call it K style too. Cause I never get it right. Canesthetic, canesthetic, canesthetic. I don't know. I just know that <laughs> I feel, I don't hear or see. So um, yes, thank you He's so much. Getting a hug Bridget, by the president. Thank you, Bridget. Um, That's nice. Yeah. And Meg's not. And it's not that I don't want, I don't know. I just, it's in my DNA. See, I love this because I'm, you know, it's the same exact thing in my marriage. Exactly. Same. Same over here, just so you know. <laughs> just, uh, it's fine. It's good. So it's, that's why they say opposites attract. Yeah. You guys were given a gift by a company that Brandon used went to work Another for. Hug. And you're given this gift. And, and I can only imagine that, you know, you're doing what you're told as a new member of the team and delivering the message to Meg that, hey, we're going to this class and you're going with me and... Yes and no. I, I like Meg said. I think when we first went through the time we were going through graduations, we had a lot of people going through. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of people, a lot of companies, uh, a lot of families, you just couldn't afford it from two thousand eight on, right? Uh, however, I can say even prior to when I came back, uh, came to work for Whitaker, we'd been to a, a buy gala with the Whitaker Group. Uh, Meg had been around it. And so when we got invited, for me, it was a no-brainer. I was really excited about it. And honestly, Meg didn't hesitate much either. Um, up until towards the end, I had to dig deep. Uh, we're sitting knee to knee, and I could see the door behind Brandon. And uh, twice, I had to resist, literally crawling out of my skin to run out that door twice. I, I still can feel it. And in that moment, I think that's when I, I recognized uh, the owning, owning your own shit, owning who you are and owning myself uh, and what I'd been through. 
as, as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult, to not passively just, oh, it happened. No, it really did happen or, you know, those kind of things. It was good. But so <laughs> I wasn't hesitant at first. And then, boof, it shook me pretty good. So I got to stop here. So you've both been through PC. You've been through LB1. Mm-hmm. Have you been through LB1 and LB2? LB1. LB1. Uh, yes. Bailey and I had gone through LB1 in, that's when we were trying to figure out yeah, 2018, 2018 or, so, or so, two, three years ago. This is when I got to meet Bailey. Yes. Yep. He knew exactly who I was and I had no clue who Brett was at all. <laughs> and he was my instructor. So that I got wow. to learn the hard ass side of Brett first, not the softy side. So, so let's hear the story. So <laughs> I know, right? So we get to class and he's like, oh, you're Miss Blanchard. And I'm like, yes, I am. Who are you? Like, what? Why do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, class no was smiles. awesome. Yeah, no smiles. I thought he was the scariest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. That bald head. And <laughs> he's so scary he's in class. Tall. The biggest thing I remember from that was when we go and yell, not sing, um, in front of everyone. Um, he looked me dead in the eyes and like pulled my shoulders and turned me towards him. And um, my mom's standing, you know, um, it was so cool to do it with the older class because they're standing on the other side. Yeah, well, it was an adult so class. So to be clear, you know, Bailey got to go to class at the same time as, as Meg. Um, you know, Building Utah Youth had a class up to Daniel's Summit and, and they get to do this process, you know, at the same time. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, so my mom is standing on the other side and my dad's up top looking down at us because it's like you're in an arena (laughs) at Daniel's Summit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. Brett looks me in the eyes and says, you're a Blanchard. And it kind of, I started bawling my eyeballs out and he turned on the robot at that point. The robot was on and I couldn't tell you what I said, but I went right out there. I screamed my lungs out. My dad has it on video and every time we watch it, we cry, but, um, <laughs> I don't literally, I don't know what clicked in me, but I went for it. And after that, I started crying again and I got so nervous, but like in that moment, it like nothing could touch me. So empowering. Yeah, for sure. And then it was cool. Um, when we gave out our awards, I got to give my mom hers. Oh, that's right. Um, in front of everyone. And I think the certificate. That, that was the most special moment out of everything was being able to have that feeling of accomplishment, but have that feeling with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, As I walked past (laughs) where the kids were in the room and I could hear the big busty voice (laughs) being very forward. Um, That I don't, I don't know. I know, right. Everybody's scared, but it was a very special (laughs) moment for me to hear Brett in his element and my daughter being in there too. It was, it's pretty powerful. It's a great experience. And my experience going through LB1, that was the point when I I really made uh, another step, uh, another rung or ladder level to be present and to see who I am and where I'm supposed to be and um, owning owning who I am. I had been hollow. I had been going through the motions. I had been, I I don't want to say lost, but I had been traumatized and roughed up and 
from a personal experience, changing my faith uh, process and the way I think uh, internally, uh, mentally, physically, all that jazz. And I just, again, I was all over the place and I knew Meg was a good person and I knew that she had all these good ideas and guides and or guidelines and rules and all these things, but I just couldn't put them together at the time and because I felt so weary or out of sorts. Um, but being able to go through with a leadership training helped me uh, to be uh, more forward with myself and to, to be in the moment, to, to live, uh, to really open my eyes and how, how silly and not silly, but cliche or, you know, people say, but I, I can say that. I can truly say that with an open heart and open mind and love and gratitude that I can be grateful for where I am and where I came from. And and um, LB1 certainly gave that to me. Amen. <laughs> right. You remember that special day, Brandon? <laughs> I do. Um, I was just listening to that, and I, I actually watched the video on Sunday. Um <laughs> That's certainly a, an extra special having that video videotaped for us. That's huge. So I got an alert on my phone, and you got a Daniels class coming up this weekend, and there's a video in it, and it's that summer. So yeah, I got to see Bailey and my daughter and my wife on the video, some of our dear friends. Uh, picture myself Corey. with Court, and he's only, like, hitting me at the belly button, and today he looks me in the eye, so... Uh, a lot of things change, but I think it takes me back to PC. I got to rewind because PC and our relationship was a turning point in our marriage. So we were 14, 15 years into our marriage. A lot of things going well, but a lot of things, man, we were still struggling with too. And I think things really changed for us. Well, I know they did. Back to what Meg was saying about DNA, I call it wiring. We We learned to communicate with each other i like to tease him that he finally saw the light (laughs) it wasn't me but that's not true you're right it was both of us i like to sort through it now be done with it let's just get it on the table be done because i'm already two weeks down the road so let's just be done now please and uh for 14 15 years i'd fight that with meg because she needs to process it she needs to park it, internalize it, and you never know when that will come back. It might be tomorrow. It might be six months down the road. And by then, with my modality, I've already forgotten. I'm like, I don't even want to talk oh, about this sheesh. anymore. And we're talking about two weeks from now, and I'm like, I <laughs> that's but what, what I about call last week? Well, yeah. The week before? Yeah. And I, I call that furthermore and such and such. Okay. I think what's helpful for me is I learned that uh, with all of us, that's the way we're wired. We cannot change that. I can't change who I am. I can't change who you are. I can't certainly can't change who Meg is. And we'd spend a lot of time in our marriage and, and working on changing each other, right? Like da 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 and we'd argue about dumb stuff and we just we don't argue anymore. We fight. That's real. <laughs> Uh, any relationship you gotta have. No one out there fights, Brandon. Everybody is just, you know, perfectly joined uh-huh yeah because he's the unicorn not right? when my he's mom called him an asshole the other night <laughs> <laughs> the big one whole thing like three times yeah not just once no two. in front of the whole family it is what it is sorry and he knows it and he just said yeah i am 
Okay, we're we're getting on in minutes here. We got derailed. Yeah, yeah. So PC was good for us. It's good for our family. Uh, good in our relationship. I think that our relationship from that point forward has gotten nothing but stronger every day. We work through things now. Uh, we not that we didn't before, but we sit down as a family. We talk about stuff. We have family meetings. We call them where. A family meeting time, we sit down and we chat. I think in that time, our lives were changing too with Bailey's schedule. And so it was a lot of fun because we were traveling all the time. She was saying 100, 120 games. Like we were gone 30 plus weekends a year. Wow. And we were fortunate because the four of us were always cruising together. And I'm just grateful that we went through that process because all that time in the truck, all that time in a hotel room, I mean, it doesn't create tension at all. It's always kumbaya, right? No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> always. Is this, is this recording? It, it's We're recording. recording. Yes. Okay, sorry. I just had to have Yeah, okay, we're sorry. recording. Okay, sorry. Sidetrack. No, we did. We had some good windshield time. We had some good family connections and bonding and another reason, another good reason behind the 110 games <laughs> <laughs> but uh leading to lb1 i i had learned you to where i was with our co-workers with mike's involvement with building utah youth uh i knew that how the team leadership and the lb1 go together we had an opportunity to go to a few graduations and what a powerful thing uh, any graduation you go to is a great refresher, but if you can go to a teen class coupled to where they have parents, I knew that's what I wanted for the two women in my life. And so we'd talked about it. Meg was still kind of like, yeah, I wasn't in a good I'm, place. I wasn't in a good place. In her mind, she wasn't in a place, but in my mind, I knew I she really to needed go. to go. She needed it. She absolutely needed it in my mind. And we we had some say she deserved it there you go (laughs) right we had some discussions about it yeah i was uh but i couldn't wait until bailey was old enough and you know she she excels at anything she puts her mind to so she probably could have went through at 14 and just nailed it but you have to wait so we waited (laughs) um what a powerful moment it was um yeah to have it come to fruition when you've been a part of it for so long and then um what do you call that rivaling raveling in your daughter's success it was nice it was a good experience so i don't want to bring that whole journey to a close but you know there's a lot to uh talk about that's happened since that day for sure you know you guys uh have all these amazing moments together you've traveled all over the place and you've met so many um amazing people mm-hmm along the way you know they have that story about it takes a, a village to raise a child right mm-hmm. and you guys have really created a village in your lives and i think that's one of the the most amazing things about you is you're so open about that you know those relationships and how important they are and you know it's one great big family and so i want to spend the next few minutes just talking through you know that this last few years and what that's what's really transpired because there's a lot that's happened softball's definitely built a third maybe two-thirds of our village um definitely made family and family friends that 
our family now. <laughs> we spend more time than our blood family. Um, mm-hmm. Just by spending so much time together, you know, in the houses with them during the summer, um, they became my sisters by spending every single week, at least three days a week together. Um, it The bond was just so strong. Um, yeah, it still is. And it still is, even though that we don't see each other hardly as much. It's more, you know, maybe once a month, if even that. Um, but I was very blessed to be able to find a team and have be on that team since I was 12 years old. Um, so what that's six plus years mm-hmm. um, with my teammates and something that I will never forget. And that relationship will, you know, it's one of those that I don't see him for three months or four months. And it's like, I saw them yesterday, you know, we pick back up right where we left off and I'll forever be grateful for that. And the families um, I've gained a lot of extra moms and, and dads and brothers. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been, and court hates it. Court hates the softball field. Mm-hmm. He would rather die, I think, than go to the softball field. <laughs> Even but a scooter doesn't help her. No, bike doesn't not help anymore. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I don't nope. want to go. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but even court's made the bestest of friends. And if, is Cole there? Is Briggs there? Okay, I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Mm-hmm. But if they're not, then you won't. But it's, you know, it's been good for, I think, all of us. We've all learned um, lessons and, and, um, like my dad said, we've traveled so much together that it's created this bond, um, for us as a family that yes, they, you know, we get it under each other's skin t- sometimes and for sure some words are said, but it never lasts because, but the relationships I, I have recognized that I can not, not read people, but you recognize, um, their modalities. So it makes them brighter person to me. Like I, it, you can, you can accept them. I can accept them. I have accepted them for who they are, not what I think they are. I think you keyed in though. Like softball has been a huge part of our life for the last six years. And I'm going to segue into it with Bailey. So Bailey at 12, as we're trained, changing paths here, she decided she wanted to play collegiately. That was her goal. When was that? What was that defining moment, Bailey? When you made that decision? Um, I think it was just after the winter, me and my dad, that was the hardest winter I've worked. Um, me and my dad would go up twice a week to my coach's house and go hit in Tree Mountain. And, um, that's the most work I put in. And that's when I really fell in love, um, with the game. And I, we, my dad sat down and, um, just had the talk of where do I want this to take me and what do I want to do with this journey? And if it was something I was serious about or something that, you know, it would just be fun and whatever and play during the summers and, and be done when I'd be done. But, um, me and my dad sat down and, um, that goal was, was set for me to go play college ball. And that was a conversation with her and I on the windshield. But I think I got to add in there that Meg introduced her to the game. Meg gave her the love of the game. Meg coached her. Meg raised her. Uh, the game's been an important part of Meg's life. And as I alluded, as we spoke to earlier, I wasn't, I wasn't present. So the first time I was able to support it. And so there was a transition there too. in that being Megan Bailey's thing to now dad's involved in it all the time. And that took some learning as well. That created some frustrations too. Yeah. Well, I mean, just naturally, I think you, <laughs> all, those, all those years, 
when you would leave in the spring and I would never see you until the fall and then you would be around all the fall and then I'd have to get used to you being around and then the spring would come and then you were never there. So it was kind of like that. Like I had to let go of the reins and you took over and you did it beautifully. You helped her. Thank you. And we gained 13 daughters. It's good. It's good. Here's what's fun though, what you say about the village. So Bailey's right. She said, hey, this is what I want to do. So to our family meetings, we sat down. This takes a huge commitment from parents. So there's a huge time commitment to these things with your kids. There's a huge financial commitment to these things, right? And so there has to be, in our home, you've got to earn those things as well. They're not just given. And Bailey was driven. So when she decided that was her goal, What Meg and I committed to was that we would do anything we possibly could to see to it that she had the things she needed, the coaching she needed, the ability to travel, and the ability to do those things. And we made a commitment as parents that we were willing to sacrifice our time, our hobbies, the things that we wanted to do uh, to support her and her goals. However, there's a trade-off there. She's a great student. you got to maintain 3.8 GPA or better. That's part of the deal. Um, you got to put in work on the days that you don't want to, because if you're going to work towards that, it's uh, not just a game anymore. It becomes your job. She can speak to that. Uh, you got to work. So even on the days you don't feel well, on the days you don't want to do it, uh, you got to dig in because you made a commitment to your team. That's much more, uh, that's a greater commitment than a commitment to yourself. So if you commit to that team, you got to give it. If you committed to it, then you got to dig in. You got to go. You have to do it. And it's, uh, it's quite the journey. It's quite the process. We related to ball a lot, but uh, with that, as they've discussed, we we're fortunate we got introduced with a team and some families that uh, we're, we brought 12, 13 young girls at that time and we've been able to watch these young women uh they're young women now and to be a part of that process uh not with just our family but with those other families it's been quite the journey we had a chance meg took over as manager of the team so we were setting schedules and dealing finances business side of it came opportunity where i've been uh, grateful to be able to help coach these young kids. We've watched the struggles, though, as you go through this process. And what I'd like to add in the story here is for those listeners is uh, if you're chasing that scholarship for the scholarship, please rethink it because the time and energy and the finances you put into it, you'll never recoup. However, if you're seeking it to help these young kids, become young men, young women, uh, future leaders. We were blessed with that. We, we, we were blessed by a good head coach who eventually trusted me enough to allow me to lead the team for the last two and a half, three years before these kids moved on. Helped us really understand that the game is also the game of life. And what I want to add about softball and baseball is that it, the parallels in life are all the time. Um, I speak to it weekly with my teams. When you're in that atmosphere, you're with a team. However, when you get at the plate, no different than when you get challenges in life, 
your family and your friends and your team are there to support you, but they cannot get in the box with you. So when you get at that plate, if you've been 0 for 15 and you're just flat struggling, you can't see the ball and you're your own worst enemy because you're in your head and you're full of self-doubt and deceit and you just, you would rather just stay in the dugout and hope that the coach doesn't call on you. There's nothing you can do but get in there and swing away. Your team can cheer you on. They're there to support you, but they cannot help you in that situation. You have to face it on your own. And man, does that show up in life. Yes, it does. Every stinking day, you got to get in the box. And if you're in a slump, honestly, Bailey, how do you get out of a slump? Just like you said, you just got to keep swinging. There's, there's literally no other way to get out of it. Because if you don't, you stay right where you were and you, you strike out or you pop up and you get out that way. And so with that, one of the things that I learned in coaching these kids is the predecessor to mine, what he taught me, my mentor, was even though we were playing competitive ball, we always batted our lineup. Always. So with 12 young women, we had our 1 through 12. 1 through 6 is pretty defined. They have a job to do. 6 through 12 depends on how things are going and how you're swinging your bat. We had a team that everybody could swing. So when we were on, we'd walk through weekends and tournaments, and we were very, very successful. But I think one of the greatest things that made us successful is he taught me early that we were raising young women, future mothers, uh, future leaders, and it was greater than the game. And so we've played at the national level, the local level, We've competed in one World Series on the national level, and we're always just that team from Utah. And you show up with these teams that have got major sponsorship, and they're packing 20 people on their roster, and it's a job. They're, these people are in this mindset of achieving these big D1 scholarships. Our mindset was a little different, and so with that, we'd start out, say, Saturday morning with our 1 through 12 But if we ended game one on batter number six, now batter number six is batter number one in the lineup. And it forced these kids to learn different roles. To be uncomfortable. (laughs) To get comfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) Another thing that it taught all of us is that everybody gets an equal opportunity at this. And as you're a team, you win together, you die together. And so through this process, we were able to compete at a different level, taking a different approach. And so with that, for me, the games become much more than the game or the goal or the destination. Uh, We've watched eight or nine of these young women uh, achieve athletic scholarships. We've been a part of it. We've got, well, every single one of them gone on to college. And considering the day and age that we're in now, I think that's it. I think that's huge. Those that didn't want to play on, though, they continued to play until uh, they wanted to pursue other things. They've got academic scholarships, but they're all good young kids doing good things. And I'm just grateful for that time we had. Not only family to travel, but it gets uh, you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. When you've got a couple sleeping in the queen size bed next to you, that's not related to you, uh, and the kids are on the floor because that's all you can do to scrap by, uh, you scrap by. 
You spend a lot of uh, President's Day, Valentine's weekend, that's Las Vegas, Father's Day weekends, Portland, Oregon, 4th of July is Denver, Colorado. You just, you get in those habits of major holidays we're always spent with these other people, these other families, and boy, what an experience. So to all of you out there that are going through that experience with your kids, slow down and enjoy the process because there's a lot of fun that goes on it's beautiful on that 12 hour drive when it's four in the morning and you need to be at work at 7 a.m and you're still in boise (laughs) okay this has been part one be sure to join us for the second half of our conversation with the blanchard family on the empowering youth podcast from building utah youth respect integrity passion personal power leadership enthusiasm This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.